all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. A chance for a thunderstorm late tomorrow. I'm David Maddox for MPB. From MPB Think Radio, this is the original Southern Remedy, where the doctors are always in. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And again, this week, it's all about you. That's right. It's anything you want to talk about. We have open lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 or you can send us an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org. We're talking about whatever medical questions or medical issues you want to talk about, and so give us a call or send us an email. We'll be right back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Earthquake survivors across central Italy are taking stock of the extensive loss their towns have suffered from this morning's 6.2 earthquake. The tumblers struck and collapsed homes as the people in them slept. Then there were the aftershocks, more than 40 of them, that prompted people to camp out in the streets. Amatrice was among the hardest hit. It's been a scene of desperation. Audio provided by Chris Livesay captures the injured, such as this man being placed in a helicopter to be flown to a hospital. He is among hundreds wounded, and the death toll is rising. It has reached 73. But in Amatrice and other towns, crews and volunteers keep digging with bulldozers and bare hands, hoping to find more survivors. Donald Trump continues to accuse his Democratic rival Hillary Clinton and her husband of criminal behavior surrounding their family's charity. The Republican presidential nominee intensified that attack during a rally in Austin, Texas last night. The Clinton campaign is pushing back, as NPR Sarah McCammon reports. Trump is calling attention to an Associated Press report that more than half the people Hillary Clinton met with from outside government during her time at the State Department had donated to the Clinton Foundation. Trump has been accusing the Clintons of abusing their public offices for their own benefit. This is corruption, and this is why I have called for a special prosecutor to look into this mess. In a statement, the Clinton campaign says the AP report relies on utterly flawed data, which it says only included a portion of Clinton's time as Secretary of State. The Clinton's most recent tax returns showed that they made money mostly from the sale of books and from speaking engagements. The foundation received the bulk of their charitable giving. Sarah McCammon, NPR News. 
Gary Johnson's name is expected to appear on the November ballot as the Libertarian Party's presidential nominee in Ohio, a crucial state in this year's race. Republican Secretary of State John Husted has announced that the Libertarian candidate supporters have met the state signature requirements. The Justice Department is suing the state of Georgia over the treatment of students with disabilities. WABE's LEU has the latest. The Justice Department says a state-run special education program illegally segregates thousands of students with behavioral and emotional disabilities. The agency found that students in the program are often taught in rundown buildings, some that were used in the past for black students during segregation. Officials say the students also lack access to extracurricular activities such as sports, music and other services. Such treatment, the agency says, violates the Americans with Disabilities Act and that states are required under a Supreme Court decision to provide services for people with disabilities in the most integrated settings possible. Georgia's attorney general's office declined to comment on the law. For NPR News, I'm Ellie Yu in Atlanta. This is NPR. Myanmar's government has chosen former UN chief Kofi Annan to head a committee to find a solution to the plight of its Muslim Rohingya minority. NPR's Anthony Kuhn has that story. A statement from the Office of State Counselor Aung San Suu Kyi says that the panel will include Burmese and foreigners, Muslims and Buddhists. The group will take a year to put out a report with suggested solutions to the Rohingya issue. Since communal violence broke out in 2012, thousands of Rohingya have fled overseas in boats. Many more remain trapped in squalid internment camps in western Myanmar's Rakhine state. Suu Kyi has been criticized by hardline Buddhists for siding with the Muslims and by the international community for failing to address a humanitarian crisis. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Beijing. A tighter inventory is a driving factor in last month's 3.2 percent decline in existing home sales in the U.S. The National Association of Realtors finds that the overall number of listings has fallen nearly 6 percent from a year ago, while the median price has risen more than 5 percent to $244,100. Ford is recalling at least 88,000 cars and SUVs in North America because their fuel pumps may cause the engines to stall without warning. The recall covers Ford Taurus and police interceptor vehicles, Lincoln MKS sedans, Lincoln KTS SUVs, and Ford Flex wagons from the 2013 to 2015 model years. U.S. stocks lower. The Dow's off 44 since the open. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Carbonite, an automatic cloud backup service for protecting and recovering digital photos, documents, and other files from anywhere. Learn more at Carbonite.com. And the National Endowment for the Arts. Art works. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics, your host for the Wednesday original version, uh, the older version. Got younger people on the other shows, and they're doing real well. We appreciate your listening to them and hopefully bringing you a lot of interesting information. 
Today it's uh, Doc in the Box. I'm here by myself uh, to answer any questions that you can think of that would help you with uh, medical issues, general medical information, um, personal problems, whatever's on your mind. We try to keep you up de- up to date. Last week, uh, and I'll go to Pearl and your house if you give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or one eight seven seven MPB ring. Last week, um, someone on the coast was kind enough to call me and remind me that I was not uh, covering uh, issues having to do the, with the flooding, and we have so many listeners. Uh, not only in Mississippi that have had issues with this, but in particular in Louisiana, where this has a bit been a big problem. And one thing I did not mention that I should have is the importance of not walking around in uh, either properties that are already flooded uh, or in the mud uh, after the floods uh, with your bare feet. Uh, there is a what's called a zoonosis. That, that means zoonosis is something an animal infection that is easily transmitted to man and leptospirosis is what i'm talking about leptospirosis is a um is a an organism very much like the syphilis organism it's called a spirochete but uh it is not transmitted sexually it is transmitted by water and especially water that has been in contact with uh, rats, rabbits, deer, uh, and other animals that urinate in the water because that puts these organisms there. And if you happen to get them on your skin, then you can get infected with them. So uh, the the symptoms are, are, there are many. Most people don't really get deathly ill, but a small percentage do. And they're mostly flu-like symptoms. So if you're uh, exposed to um, water from flooding and you've been walking around barefooted or exposed to large quantities or if you have penetrated your skin with some foreign body like a stick or nail and uh, get any local symptoms like swelling, a redness, pus, streaks running up your legs, or if you get a systemic illness, it's very important that you seek medical uh, help uh, quickly. The other organisms that uh, occur uh, frequently, we talked a little bit about also last week, that are a part of what's called the flood syndrome. And so there are these frequently uh, seen problems. The other one is Vibrio vulniferis, a pretty awful name and and an awful disease. That's the so-called flesh-eating bacteria that uh, people get from stepping on shells and other things. And that is very, very common uh, on the Gulf Coast and in the waters related to it. So there's there's two things to be watching for. And if you have relatives in Louisiana that you're trying to help uh, or you're going over there to volunteer, as many, many people are doing, uh, be sure that you get yourself a good pair of rubber boots uh, to wear while you're over there and make sure you're not walking around in tennis shoes or something that's permeable because that water goes right on through. And if you happen to step on something, which you almost always do uh, when you're walking in mud, 
uh, it can really cause a problem. If you want to know more about that, you can send me an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org, or you can call. You can call right now at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. We're going to get as many of your calls covered today as possible. We're going to sort of zoom through. I'm going to be very careful not to cut you off too soon. Uh, but if we have a whole bunch of calls uh, online, then we'll move a little bit faster than usual. But right now, let's go to Pearl and Linda. Hey, Linda. Yes. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. I'm ready for your issue. Okay, a few years ago, I had skin cancer, and that was removed. But I have a problem that I was actually having before that, where I had this pimple-like thing that comes up on the, about three inches below my ribs on the left side. And I've talked to a doctor about it in 2007, and an NP, and the doctor said, oh, it's nothing, and the nurse you know, said, oh, it'll just you know, put some Neosporin on it. But uh, I used sort of the ointment for my skin cancer, and that help, helps, and it'll clear up, but then it comes right back about two weeks later. Okay, let's stop a minute and let me understand what this is. This is a single pimple with well, a head on it? One, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. Uh-huh. It's all the same area. Okay, and does it is it a boil? Does it have pus that comes out of it or a head on it or what? Yeah, it has a head on it. Uh-huh. So more likely than not, this is a uh, area of what's called folliculitis. It's where um, a gland uh, that has a hair coming out of it, and you may not even be able to see the hair, uh, gets plugged up, and it repetitively gets infected by uh, germs on the skin and comes back over and over and over again. You can put topical antibiotics on it and so forth and so on, and sometimes it just comes back repetitively. Actually, triple antibiotic ointment is not very effective in getting rid of that. Usually it's staph, and there is a uh, a very good antibiotic ointment called mupiricin, mupiricin, M-U-P-I-R-I-C-I-N or something like that, also known as Bactroban, Bactroban. It is a prescription medicine. It is specifically for staph, staphylococcus, and if you're going to be using a topical, it would be worth getting your health provider to call in a prescription for that because it's much more effective. Many of the, the antibiotic ointments have, you can get allergic to them. There's stuff in there, especially if there's neomycin, which can cause uh, reactions, and we don't like those a whole lot. So this would be a better choice. But if that is a recurrent problem and you've got two or three of them together, the best thing to do is get your doctor just to punch them out of there with a punch biopsy, a little biopsy uh, thing, and just get that gland out of there if it's coming back over and over again. That's a minor office procedure. Uh, it, you know, The only thing that hurts is getting the needle put in. A dermatologist can do it, or most family medicine people will do that for you, and I think that would help. What about that, Linda? Is that close to what you that, need? That's that, that, sounds, that sounds like good advice. Now, the spelling of this stuff, since you don't know how to spell it either, uh, I'll just talk to my pharmacist and see if he can spell it for me. Well, I've got a book here. I'll look it up. But I know how to spell Bactroban, B-A-C-T-R-O-B-A-N. That's a trade name. But the Mupiricin piece um, is uh, sort of, you know, I'm from Alabama, 
I just learned how to use a fork several months ago, so I have yeah, trouble yeah, with yeah. yeah, right, with funny <laughs> names. Uh, so let me just look. It should be right here. M U P. I'll spell it off the air, okay? Hang I got up it here, Dr. Rick. Oh, M-U-P-I-R-O-C-I-N. Okay, the Saturday Night uh, Lights guy knows all about it. Do that one more time. That's M-U-P-I-R-O-C-I-N. Thank you very much. You must be using it frequently. Right. Uh, it's also good It's also good if you have boils in your nose, by the way, but that's another story. Linda, thank you for your call. We love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's go to Gulfport. Uh, Eleanor, what's happening in Gulfport? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yes. Um, we had a daughter, an adult daughter, with CF, mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis, and also a cardiac RN, delightfully. But she died after eight years. She died eight years ago. I'm sorry. Well, I know, but it was kind of being expected. Mm-hmm. But from a double lung transplant complication and, of course, cystic fibrosis. Is there a new longevity from a lung transplant and cystic fibrosis today? Yeah, actually, uh, the whole treatment for cystic fibrosis is being revolutionized because the missing protein that causes that problem has now been made uh, biologically and is undergoing uh, uh, clinical trials. I don't know whether it's available yet. I'll look that up. Uh, And uh, the lung transplant deal is a real problem because lung transplants uh, are the most difficult of the transplants to do because of the type of tissue involved. And, uh, you know, we, we keep infections in our lungs all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you're on, um, when you're on uh, these drugs that you have to take to keep from rejecting mm-hmm. that foreign, uh, you know, foreign yeah. thing, uh, then any time there's the slightest bit of infection, you're at risk. So right now, the, the, the major things that are available for cystic fibrosis are inhalation of something called DNAase, which helps liquefy all of that uh, goop down there that gets plugged up because the mucus is abnormal because of this, using certain kinds of uh, antibiotics and being uh, immunized. And uh, then lung transplants are still uh the the main treatment uh hopefully there will be uh some biologic things that can be done soon but those are not widely used yet um there is a um there is a uh, there is something for patients who have, have a particular type with a particular mutation and uh so most people now are being uh, uh genotyped to see if they are candidates for clinical trials with these new agents to address that uh, gene mutation. So there is a lot of hope for this, uh, and I think uh, within the next five to ten years, there will be some some kind of genetic therapy for this that will be helpful. But we're not there yet. 
Is that what you need so to know? Much. Yes, sir. Well, I know it's, there's nothing worse than lo- losing one of your children. And it is. Every one yes. of these CF kids that I know, and I know a lot of them, mm-hmm. are extraordinary people. I don't know they what are. it is about that disease, but the kids are just um, – they're just fighters they're and incredible. achievers. And uh, I have never seen a child with cystic fibrosis who wasn't super bright. I don't know what why that is. Yes, sir, that's true. And that was the case with your daughter, I'm sure. Yes, it was. And I do appreciate your your input. I really do. All right, well, You've made my day. Thank you for your call. We appreciate okay, it. Bye-bye. You're listening to, uh, to uh, Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm here with my uh, colleague, Jay White who is a, uh, evidently a pharmacy consultant, uh, and uh, we're between the two of us, we can figure out what's wrong with you and at least get you to the right place. If you give us a call, we're at 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. We've got open lines, and we'll be right back after the news. Oh, no, after this is break. Support for MPB comes from the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama at Children's of Alabama, a cardiovascular care center for children in Birmingham, Alabama. More at childrensal.org slash heart. MPB is getting its very own car tag. But first, we need your help. To begin production, we need 300 of you to say yes to the tag. Go to mpbonline.org slash car tag for more information and also to sign up. A portion of the fee goes to help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Thanks for your help, and we'll see you on the road. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. It's uh, two guys here, our producer, uh, Jay White, and me, Dr. Rick, and it's all about you, whatever you want to talk about today. Medically speaking, uh, we're on the hot spot, so give us a call at 1-877-672-7464. By the way, um, while we were at break, uh, I could not remember the name of the new drug. It's called I-V-A-C-A-I-F-T-O-R. Uh, I don't know who makes these names up, but they should probably be severely disciplined. I think it's called Ivactifor, uh, but it is a small molecular weight uh, pill specifically designed for treatments who have a uh, for treatment of cystic fibrosis patients 
who has particular genetic mutations. Unfortunately, the ones that have the genetic mutations that it works for are only about 4%, 4 or 5% of CF patients. But for those patients, uh, it makes a huge difference. And that's the one I was telling you that is the newest, uh, newest medication. And I'm sure going forward there'll be other ones. So cystic fibrosis is changing rapidly, and we are so glad uh, that at last these kids uh, and now young adults uh, have some treatments uh, on the horizon. Let's go to Pachuda. Hey, Terry. Terry. Terry, are yes. you? You're in yes, Clark I, County, aren't you? Yes, I am. Do you know how I know that? No. Somebody told me. I had. Okay. I was clueless. But you're very close to Alabama. Are you an Alabama fan or an Ole Miss or uh, Starkville or what, who's who's your who's your football team? Yeah, I have the same problem. I have exact. I work for Ole Miss, and I, I went to medical school at UAB, so I really, really have to duck when those two schools play. So I, I got you. I understand that. What's your question? In regards to high cholesterol, does taking fish oil help lower it rather than taking a pharmaceutical drug? Okay, that is a great question, and I appreciate you asking it. Uh, uh, There are a number of things, uh, red rice yeast, fish oil, and uh, other stuff that have good effects on your uh, serum fat levels. Now, there's a bunch of these. Triglycerides are one, and good cholesterol uh hdl is another one and bad cholesterol ldl is the other one of the of the um of these blood fats the ldl has been the one most closely associated with cardiovascular disease and atherosclerosis which is plugging up of your blood vessels with fatty plaque so uh, of the medicines that are available, including um, uh, fish oil, uh, the best treatment for LDL uh, for for bad LDL levels, and the the levels keep coming down lower. There's still, some people are still waiting until uh, they get over 120 to treat them with appropriate history. I get worried if they're over 100. But um, the, the the best thing, the easiest thing, and the safest thing uh, to take for that is a statin drug. Uh, and the one that is the cheapest and the least problematic is one called Pravastatin, which is on the $10 list uh, at the big box stores. So it's not a big investment. And it is a wonder drug because it affects your HDL, you're uh, in a positive way, gets that up. Your LDL in a positive way, gets that down. And your triglycerides a little bit. Now, fish oil is really best for triglyceride problems. And the problem is to really get an effect with fish oil, you have to ingest enough of it that you smell like a mackerel most of the time. That oil comes from fish, mackerel, those greasy fishes, fishes, and uh, and there are pills that you can get, prescription pills, 
that you can uh, get. And sometimes if you freeze those pills before you swallow them, it helps you not smell like a mackerel. But I would I always go with a lipid-lowering agent, statin first. Is that what you needed? It is. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. We got we got some lines open. We're going to Holly Springs, and we're going to your house if you will give us a call. It's just me. I'm alone and lonely up here with my uh, producer, and we just need your call. We're at one eight seven seven MPB ring, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four. Six four. It's uh, all things considered on Southern Remedy. If you don't call, I'm going to start talking about stuff I'm interested in and probably bore you to death. Let's go to Holly Springs. Hey, Ferna. Hi. What's happening? I get recurrent blisters around my ankles and some slightly up my leg. Um, they're just water filled. I can pop them and or you know puncture them and let them drain. They'll fill back up. My brother gets a similar thing on his ankles, and we just haven't been able to figure out what they might be. So these are clear water blisters? Yes. Uh, and do you ever have them on your hands uh, or your palms or soles of your hands? I don't have those same things there, but I have been diagnosed with hand and foot eczema uh-huh. where my fingers will break and get, yep. get bumps, but not the blisters. Yeah, well, that that all goes together. The eczema and this condition called dyshydrosis. Uh, there are abnormalities in the way that your skin handles water uh, and moisture in general, and uh, the blistering types of dermatitis uh, that are uh, all over your body are serious problems. <clears throat> but a localized recurrent problem like that. Uh, probably reflects ex- an eczema-like condition. Now, have you seen a dermatologist for that? I have, for not for the blistering, but I have for the hand and foot eczema. Yeah. So have you tried uh, the topical steroid that they prescribed uh, for your hands and foot on your ankles? I have not. That should get rid of it. What do you think the best is? I've been given clobetazole. Yeah, that, that clobetazole is the most potent of the topical steroids. Okay. And if you use enough of it, it will wrinkle your skin. And so I think I would start with over-the-counter hydrocortisone ointment, okay. not the cream. Not the, the ointments cream. always work better than the creams, although you like the creams best. The ointments permeate your skin better. And I would you can use that every day, but if you put clobetazole on your uh, skin every day for a month, you'll start getting thinning of your skin, and we don't want that. And you never use clobetazole on your face okay. unless a doctor's involved with it. So yeah, you could try clobetazole for two or three days. Okay. If it won't work with two two or three days of clobetazole, it probably won't work because that's like you know hitting uh, hitting it with a hammer. Okay. So, but I wouldn't use it long term. If it works, then I would switch to uh, um, plain old hydrocortisone, 1%. It's hard to do anything wrong with that. Okay. How's that? That sounds good. By the way, Ferna, I've never heard of. Is that a family name? S-H, Ferna. It is not. It's just something my mom made up. It is a beautiful name. Well, thank you. I love that. So it has a botanical flavor, doesn't it? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I have one other question, if you don't mind. All right. 
recurrent. I have a teenage son with recurrent fever blister. Uh huh. What is the best thing? Okay, recurrent fever blisters are viral infections right. of the mucous membranes. It's uh, herpes, right. not type two, the the sexually transmitted. It's herpes, right. type one, and uh, the best, and it's usually triggered by stress. Okay. And there are a number of over the counter preparations that seem to uh, be helpful. But the best thing, if it's really serious, is to go on an antiviral that requires a prescription, something like acyclovir or Valtrex, and there's some topical preparation. So what I would use is Blistex or something like that. If that doesn't take care of it, or if he's having a lot of it, does he ever get to where he can't swallow with it? No, it's on the outside of the lid. Yeah, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, well, if the topicals don't do it, there is a prescription topical uh, acyclovir that you can rub on there. Do you mind spelling it? A-C-Y-L-O-V-I-R. Okay. It's a it, it's prescription. Okay. So he had gotten Zovirax before, but... Uh, that's acyclovir pills. Okay. There's a topical form of that uh, and some other uh, antivirals that may be worth trying okay uh the other thing is uh he needs to keep a diary of every episode of this he has Mm -hmm. sometimes there is a trigger that you can identify a food uh if it comes right before exams you know stress is it uh and and then to deal with that a little bit better so that can be helpful okay but if you know if I if I had to fix for that I wouldn't be here I'd be in Boca Boca Raton on my yacht yeah, that's yeah. One. Great to talk to you, and I appreciate you your too, call. Doctor. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, and we're going to Brandon and Billy. Hey, Billy. Hey, Rick. What's happening? Well, I've got a prescription for Cialis, the five milligram daily dose for a prostate enlargement. Right. And it's three hundred and forty-eight bucks at the local. What uh, a ripoff. And I, I have two questions. One, is there an alternative medicine? And, and we have pharmacy insurance, but the insurance company won't uh, approve it, probably because Cialis has, uh, you know, other uses. Well, wait a second. They, they, they do usually cover one of them, and, you know, Cialis is not the three or four of those, uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitors um, that are helpful so your insurance might cover it for uh, a medical condition like um, prostatism because it really does work. It relaxes your urethra, which is the tube through which the urine flows. And what happens is when you have prostatism, when your prostate gland sits right on top of your urethra, and when it gets enlarged, it, it makes your urethra angry. If we weren't on radio, I would say it pisses it off. But I can't say that on radio. And it just sort of the slightest thing will make it uh, you feel like you have to go to the bathroom or uh, you dribble and all this kind of stuff. And it's really helpful for that. And that is a medical indication. And you should get a prescription. Now, let me tell you something that I've, I've been promoting here. There's this website called GoodRx.com that all my patients are using. GoodRx.com. And you can put your zip code in there, and they will tell you the price of Cialis at every drugstore within 10 or 15 miles of your house. 
and wow. you will find it varies by two hundred and fifty dollars. And uh, so that's an, if you have to pay cash for any drug, then use that uh, reference and find the cheapest place. The pharmacists hate me, but find the cheapest place to buy it. And by the way, it changes every month. So sometimes you have to move your prescription around if it flips over. So that would be number one. Number two, your doctor ought to write a prescription for it. And if it's rejected, he, he or she ought to uh, object to that and appeal it because it is for a medical indication. Okay? Okay. I have one, one related question if you have time for it. Sure. What do you think about going to Canada for these prescriptions? Uh, I think right. if they're branded... If they're branded, if you get the brand name, not some wacko version of it, uh, fine. Uh, don't tell anybody I said that, but uh, that I think that'd be fine. I mean, these these drugs are just out of control. We're having all these wonderful new drugs, and nobody can afford the things. And uh, so any way you can get the real drug, I think that would be fine. But shop around uh, town first. You may be really surprised. Okay? Thank you. Good to talk to you. You're you're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Rick, and it's just Doc in the Box answering your questions. And so give us a call at 1-877-672-7464 or send us an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Sherry in Vicksburg. Hey, Sherry. Hey, how you doing, Doc? I love Vicksburg. Yeah, I do, too. I saw a picture in the Clarion-Ledger newspaper, also called the local fish wrapper, uh, this morning uh, about a bunch of Yankees walking up on uh, one of the monuments down there in Vicksburg. It was a beautiful picture. And uh, it sounds like they're taking a little bit better care of the the park down there, which I think they need to do. Yeah, and I guess because, you know, they have 100 uh, anniversary of state you know, federal park. So yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that'll get a little action in there. I think they need I think they need a memorial to black soldiers down there because they well, never get any any attention. There were black uh, soldiers on both sides, and uh, it's as if they didn't exist. So there well, you go. They That's have one black monument in the park. I can say that. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah, they have one. Where yeah. is it? I've never seen it. Uh, I don't know what you call I'll it. I'll ask the people. Next it. time I'm down there. Yeah, I... you ask them. Right. Yeah. Right. You ask them. It's one black monument, and uh, they, it's about five different soldiers on one. They're holding the flag. But, yeah. What yeah. about that? Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. okay yeah. What's your question? My question is this. You know, you were talking about a uh, privastat to a lady. Privastatin. Oh, private statins. Yeah. Okay, does all the statins work on the liver? All of the statins work on the liver. That is correct. And that's why you have to have your liver test after you started one. Pravastatin, which is one of the oldest, seems to have less liver problems with it than just about any other, and it is dirt cheap. The problem is... It is not a super strong one. They're just like the steroids I talked about earlier. There are different uh, different chemicals that are stronger and weaker, and that one is for people with mild problems. Sometimes you have to use Crestor, which costs an arm and a leg, 
uh, for people who have really bad cholesterol, you can't get it down with pravastatin. Okay, well, I have been on Lipitor, I guess, for 10, well, maybe about 15 years. Uh-huh. And they started me out on the highest milligram, which is, what, 40 milligrams? Yeah. And I've been on that, you know, like I say, it's been probably over 15 years now. But like I said, as soon as they thought I had high cholesterol, they put me right on there. They didn't say anything about exercise or nothing. You know, we didn't do any pre-steps. But yeah. anyway, I was thinking maybe I need, you know, I've been on this so long, and I know this works on a living. I'm on the highest milligram. Maybe I should um, come ask my uh, doctor. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. no. Let me just tell you about this. Uh, what okay. you what you need to be asking him first or her is okay. what is your LDL? Okay. My LD, my bad cholesterol is good. It's always good. What is good? Overall Don't let them tell you it's good. Uh, Get make no, them tell I, you a I number. They, they give me the numbers. They give me the numbers, and it's low. Like you say, I think a hundred is on the high end. It's uh. like maybe less than fifty. I'm thinking. Hot dog. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember right now, but it's always good. But it's just that overall number that, and even now, you know, since I've been on uh, Lipitor, it's always been under, uh, you know, my total cholesterol. It's always been, uh, I guess it's been about 150. All right. You're lucky, Tucky. You're lucky, Tucky. Now, I'm going to give you an opinion. I'm going to give you an opinion, which I think is what you want. Uh, Lipitor is generic. So it's cheap. It's covered. Uh, there are no reported long-term problems with that drug if you don't have muscle complaints. Uh, and the two things we worry about are liver things, but the muscle the aches are also a problem. So we are now putting people on that those drugs that have normal cholesterol levels but have evidence of heart disease because they do things we don't understand. They protect you from vascular disease even if your LDL levels are normal. So, Sherry, I I know the doctor. You have a family history of cholesterol problems, and somebody did the right thing. They did the wrong thing by not telling you to exercise, but exercise is usually not adequate. It's a genetic problem. Uh, to okay. to get your cholesterol normal, I see skinny people with cholesterols out the wazoo. So you don't you, you need to take that thing and stick with it. And that would be my suggestion. And I'm old okay. and I've seen a lot of people, so that would be where I'd go. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you for calling. All right, bye bye. Let's go to Gulfport. I'm Doctor Rick here with Stacy. Stacy, what's going on? I just want your opinion on resveratrol. I keep hearing a lot of good stuff about it, and I may be saying it wrong, but... What's it for? Well, it's the good stuff in red wine. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'll get my pharmacy colleague to look it up. I think it's roseratrol or something like that, yeah. R-E-S-V-E-R-A-T-R-O-L. Yeah. Uh, well, number one... Uh, I prefer drinking wet red wine. Period. <laughs> it's a lot more fun than taking a pill, and uh, it especially goes with certain foods. So you know, uh, but uh, that that in animal studies has been shown to be very very effective in models of coronary artery disease in preventing them. It has not been as effective 
uh, in uh, clinical trials so far. Those are being done, and I think we'll have a real answer. But the intelligence that I'm getting, and Lord knows I need intelligence, uh, from reading uh, things and hearing things at meetings is that it's not going to be as good as everybody thought. Oh, really? Where are you That's getting it? Are you getting it up? Where are you getting it from? GNC. GNC. Yeah, they sell everything in there. And it's expensive. Uh, I don't think I'd spend a heck of a I'd get me a good, uh, you know, I, the best wines I've ever tasted cost less than $10. But I'm from yeah, Alabama. You know, I grew up in Alabama. I wouldn't know the difference. I uh, just paid 75 bucks for 120 capsules. Uh, I think you're getting ripped off. Uh, anyway, I, I would I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. Okay, that's good, what I wanted to hear. Good to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. We've got some lines open. It's Doctor Rick here with my producer Jay, and we're at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send us an email. We got another fifteen minutes here or so. Uh, you can send us an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org, and we want to take your call. So we got some open lines, so give us a call. Uh, and let's go to Adam. Hey, Adam. Adam, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Where are you? Um, well, I'm on the road right now. I'm in uh, Bay St. Louis. Oh, that's a good place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just, I just moved down here about a year ago, and I love it down here. Where'd you come from? Central Alabama. Oh, see, everybody's leaving that place. I, I left. Know. You left. Yeah, I know. And we came coming to a better place. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot better. So, what's your question? Um, about four years ago, I had a modified Benkart repair done on my left shoulder. Yeah. And they put one screw, one bolt in, and the other. I had two tears. One of them, they repaired it with a anchor bolt, and then the other one, they just shaved around it. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to have a lot. of pain in my shoulder again mm-hmm. i was just wondering about how long these repairs last or you have to get them done again okay so uh what is your range of motion in that shoulder do you still have a full range of motion post-operatively um yeah i just can't really reach around my back you're not really supposed to anyways but you know like scratching your back or anything like that okay really so so it. so let me tell you one thing that happens um with those repairs they don't they don't they fix part of the problem they don't fix all of it and that whole rotator cuff and bone operation in your shoulder is about the most complex thing you ever uh, heard of a lot of people post-operatively a year or two later will get tendonitis and that's what's causing their pain rather than any kind of mechanical problem with the with the shoulder itself so here's what I would do. Number one, uh, is the doctor who uh, did that repair in Alabama, or is he in Mississippi or some other place? He's in Alabama. It's through Workman's Comp. Yeah. So and I wasn't. I really wasn't able to get all of my physical therapy done because it was costing the company so much money. That's where I'm going. The thing I would do first with that is to get uh, go to see a physical therapist and okay. let them do an evaluation they are so good at this and yeah. you you want to go to someone who is has experience with shoulders i wouldn't just go yeah. to any person well, whenever i first injured my shoulder i was going to this physical therapist and she was actually a, a physical therapist for uh the tampa bay buccaneers and then she went to a private practice and became a 
regular uh, physical therapist. Yeah. And she's the one who actually noticed that I had a tear in my shoulder because whenever I was moving, it would actually pop and pop into place. It was like dislocate and pop yeah. back into place. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then after I had my surgery done, I wasn't allowed to go see her anymore. They sent me to another place. That's crazy. I yeah. mean, this whole system is a communist plot. I don't know what's going on. Uh, well, anyway, what I would do is I would get, see a physical therapist. If you have insurance, uh, you know, you, you can uh, – I think you can just call them up and they will bill your insurance. If you don't, the good ones will give you a payment plan. And uh, then we – Bay St. Louis has a federally qualified health center down there. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure somebody will call in. If you don't have insurance, that can get you referred to a physical therapist as well. Yeah. So uh, I think that's where I'd start. I wouldn't go to an orthopedist first because yeah. they're always going to send you to physical therapy anyway before they do anything. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good to All talk right. to Thank you. you. Welcome to All Mississippi. Right. Thank you. We ain't leaving. Uh, right. no. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. Let's go to Wilson and Kosciuszko. What's happening, Wilson? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, my doctor uh, had I, I have hypertension, uh-huh. and uh, my doctor had me on lisinopril. Yeah, but it was causing my ears to ring uh, pretty badly, so he switched me to Losartan, which mm-hmm. he told me was what they used to uh, treat for ringing in the ears. But I've had an, an intensification of the ringing, and it's. I was wondering if there's something else other than uh, Losartan that maybe prescribe for me. Okay, let me let me just uh see if I can help with that one. Uh there I- there are two families of blood pressure medicines called ACE and ARB. The first one you got was an ACE. That one can cause cough and also swelling, lip swelling, tongue swelling and so forth. Those are ACE associated uh, side effects. So we frequently have to switch people who have those problems to an ARB, which has all of the benefits of an ACE, most of them, uh, except that it do- usually does not call those, those symptoms. Now, I think either there was a misspeak or you misunderstood. Ringing of the ears is not a common side effect of either one of those medicines. Um, and uh, But if, if your doctor thinks that that is it, the easiest way to do this would be to uh, just take you off of both ACEs and ARBs because we got lots of other blood pressure medicines. Do you have diabetes? No, sir. Okay. Well, the diabetics and people who've had heart attacks all get put on either an ACE or an ARB. So if you have high blood pressure, there are lots of other choices like a calcium channel blocker or others. And what I would do is I would call my doctor and say, I've still got it, get put on a, ask him for a calcium channel blocker and or whatever he, he or she thinks is best for you. And I bet you the ringing stays there because I think the ringing is uh, what's called tinnitus and is probably caused by an ear problem that you need to see an otologist, an ear, nose, and throat doctor that works on uh, ears for. 
but uh, I think it's what we call false attribu- attribution. I think you just got that while you were on it and attributed it to that, and it's probably something else. Because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anybody uh, who's gotten that side effect on either an ACE or an ARB. Is that helpful? Uh, yes, sir. You said that was uh, what. I, what should I ask him to put me on? To? Well, you, you know, doctors don't like to be told anything. Uh, I would put you on a calcium channel blocker. There are a whole bunch of them. And it depends on what your insurance would cover. And what 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 I would do is I would tell him uh, that you've got this problem and ask him if there are any other choices and then let him recommend something and then say, is that what they call a calcium channel blocker? And if it is, then you know he made the right choice. <laughs> what about All that? Right, okay. Right. Good to Thank talk you to you. All right, we're going to Lumberton. Uh, no, we're going to Jackson next. Jackson and William. Hey, William. Hello, Doctor Rick. How are you? Well, where I'm better since you call. What's going on? Uh, my doctor has recently put me on a vitamin D regimen and also a vitamin C. Of course, I'm past sixty-five years old, and I've been taking a multiple vitamin for many, many years, and I frankly still do. Uh, why are we seeing? These doctors putting uh, older patients, particularly on uh, these vitamins, such as vitamin D and vitamin C, and uh, not getting it through food and uh, a multiple vitamin. Man, are you sharp? Uh, that that's a key question. Let me tell you. I'll uh, Thank you. Uh, okay, so vitamin D is in dog is made uh, by sun interacting with a mechanism in your skin and your liver that makes that particular vitamin. And since people who uh, people are staying inside all the time because they don't want to get skin cancer, uh, vitamin D levels are trending down in uh, the American population. Vitamin D, dog. And so now it's recommended that everybody, regardless of who you are, get at least uh, 800 to 1,000 international units of vitamin D, period, because it's very important in bone health, and it's especially important in women, although men get osteoporosis too. So um, that's the vitamin D thing. Now, there's a hooker on African Americans. Uh, Vitamin D levels normally run low in African Americans, not because they're vitamin D deficient, but because they have a different protein, uh, a difference in the way the protein that carries it around your blood uh, works. So, um, so we don't really know for sure uh, as much about the uh, this whole vitamin D issue in African Americans. But we're still so the answer is we check the blood levels, and if your blood level is low, uh, and there are there are normals. Uh, then we replace that and put you on regular therapy. Vitamin C, uh, I don't think that's much good for anything other than uh, making you feel good, uh, feel it's sort of a placebo effect. I, I know I just made somebody really mad uh, because people swear by it, but the controlled studies on vitamin C have not been very helpful on infections or anything else. So. I don't know why he wants you to see that. Unless you've had some urinary tract problems, sometimes it can help uh, urinary tract problems. So ask him when you go back to see him why he recommended these when uh, the radio doctors are saying you don't need to take 
a lot of extra vitamins and see what he says. I'm sure he'll have an answer for you. And thanks for your call. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Rick, and we're going through your calls as fast as we can. Let's go to Lumberton and Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Yes, sir. What's uh, what's happening to you? Find out what what can be done about the fingers cracking around the the fingernails. I used to all the time just get it in the winter time, but now I get it in the summer too. You know, especially when I cut my fingernails back. Uh huh. So it's the tip of your fingers that are just dried out. Oh uh, yeah, and they crack right there on the edge. Oh, and does it hurt? Does yeah. it hurt? Yeah. So. That is a uh, problem with uh, loss of moisture in those fingers, and what you're going to have to do is re-moisturize them. And there are about 50 different moisturizers uh, out there that are very good. Actually, the very best one of all is Vaseline petroleum jelly, but nobody will use it like I tell them to use it if you will dip your finger in Vaseline petroleum jelly and wrap something around your finger or you could use a finger cot one of those little rubber things that goes over your finger if you're not allergic to rubber uh or even a band-aid every night then uh over a period of about a week that problem usually goes away so that's the cheapest way to do it there are a bunch of other moisturizers that you can use my favorite today uh, for women is and men who don't like greasy stuff is CeraUve, CeraVe uh, moisturizer. It's over the counter. It's very good. Just to rub on your hands and fingers two or three times a day, that will do it. But the quickest way to do this is basically to, and you can also do this with those uh, those clear plastic uh, 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 gloves that gar- uh, gloves that you get at the big box stores. You can dip your fingers in that and then stick them in those gloves and then cut off everything except the uh, finger part. And man, that will really moisturize your fingers. Of course, you know, you look funny with stuff on your fingers and stuff like that, but that'll do it. All right. Thank you. Good to talk to you. I think Bruce probably thinks I'm nuts by now, but that really does work. Let's go to Holly Springs. How are you doing in Holly Springs? Hi, Dr. Rick. Thanks for taking my call. I love your name. I just didn't want to pronounce, mispronounce it. Is this Aya? Ayla? It's Ayla, like Kayla without the K. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes, Where, where'd that come from? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, it was a good choice. Uh, I want to ask a follow-up to the mother whose teenage son had the fever blisters. Yep. Um, I want you to correct me uh, if I'm wrong. I always was told that um, mouth herpes, if you have uh, contact with somebody else when you're having an outbreak like if you're kissing them mm-hmm. then you'll get you'll give them the virus is that not true i don't want to do anything that's going to decrease kissing right that would be right. the end of my career <laughs> all right uh because i'm a hugger and a kisser as part of my family um yeah those blisters if you've never had uh, uh herpes uh, infection and 99% of people have can transmit it if you've never had it before, but most people have already had it. So just keep kissing people. That's a good thing. Thanks for your call and thanks to everybody for the calls today. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by your generous support. 
to uh, buy one of those tags. That'd be great. Catch a replay of today's show this Sunday at 6 a.m. Wow. Or join us. uh, Actually, I think they moved it some other time Sunday. Or join us next Wednesday at 11. 6 a.m. is still there. That's terrible. Or come back next week. It's here and now next on MPB Think Radio. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross.